0: I found out that in Montana there's a site. Uh, It's Montana Crazy Laws and Fun Facts and Trivia. So I I just want to share some of these laws with you. I'm sure you have broken some of these. I have broken some of them as well. And some laws I just say I I can't do it. Uh, And I'll point out one of those to you. Um, The first one, it is illegal to have a sheep in the cab of your truck without a chaperone. There ain't no sheep getting in my cab, (laughs) whether with a chaperone or without one, but apparently that's law. And this is, these are all in Montana. In Billings, Montana, bands who play in clubs where alcohol is served may not leave the stage while performing. I don't know if they're expecting them, they don't want them to get a drink, or if the people in the audience are going to get upset about this, but it's not okay. In Excelsior Springs, hard objects may not be thrown within city limits. I don't know how you play baseball. Uh, I, there's, obviously, they probably don't want you throwing bottles and dishes and stuff, but um, it seems like Not a a very good law. It is illegal to use your lawn sprinklers to annoy passer-byers. is illegal, so don't try it. In Billings, Montana, it is illegal for employees of the city communications center to program their phones with speed dial. I don't know if that's still a law that's in effect today, but that is a no-no. It is a felony for a wife to open her husband's mail. Any wives guilty of that? I opened my wife's mail, so apparently it's okay. (laughs) okay these are my my two favorite ones okay so that's why they're safe for last in Montana it is illegal for a married woman to go fishing alone on Sundays and illegal for unmarried women to fish alone at all okay so if you are unmarried you are not to go fishing by yourself and my all-time favorite one this is the one that I break all the time it says you're breaking the law if you have more than one alarm clock ringing at the same time it's law. doesn't make sense we think uh, dumb. It's a dumb law. Laws can be good. Laws can be frustrating. Uh, we don't uh, struggle with the laws that we agree with. I don't think you need a law to say you don't need a sheep in your truck without a chaperone. Uh, but I, I don't care about that law. I can, I can handle that one. But what I start to have a problem with is laws like with uh, the alarm clock. I mean, who makes up that law? Who knows if that law is being broken? So what do we do with these laws? If we don't like, if we don't, if we don't like them, do we just ignore them? Do we, just, uh, do we just follow the ones that we like and ignore the ones we don't? Uh, we're going to look at today a little, a little bit about this because some people came to Jesus with a question dealing with the law. And it's a law about paying taxes. And it's, so it's, it's more of a real law. These are just kind of some funny laws that we came across. Uh, and We're going to be in Luke chapter 20, verses 19 to 26. It says, the teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately, meaning Jesus, because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. But they were afraid of the people. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be honest. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he had said, so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him, Teacher, we know that you speak and, and teach what is right, and that you do not show partiality, but teach... Um, Teach the way of God in accordance with the truth? Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So that's their question. Uh, the, the, who's bringing this question to Jesus? If you look in, chapter, in Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 and 16, you find out that there are spies. They're the Pharisees or the disciples of the Pharisees, and they're the Herodians who are coming to Jesus. Now, the reason this is kind of interesting is you have two different groups of people you have the Republicans, you have the Democratic are trying to work together to build a wall. I mean, they're trying to work together to trap Jesus. The Pharisees are totally against the Roman government. They want nothing to do with the Roman government. They don't like the fact that they have to follow them, that they have to submit to them, that they have to pay taxes. On the other side, you have the Herodians who are all about the law. They are completely happy with what the Roman government is speaking. Even if they don't agree with it, they are going to go headlong into trying to uh, please the Roman government. So have these two sides of people who are working together uh, to, to trap Jesus, even to the point where they are sucking up to Jesus by saying, we know that you teach what is right. We know that you, you only do what, is, uh, what God has asked you to do. And so uh, they're, they're sucking up to him, trying to get him to give in to them to give the answer that they want. And the question <clears throat> is, do you think it's right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, in that day, they had to pay uh, about a third of their taxes. A third of their income went to taxes. 33% had to go straight to the Roman government. Now, the specific tax that they're talking about is not based off of their income. It wasn't that you got a, a $40 bonus or you got $40 an hour and now you're paying off of that. This was just a, fa- a tax that you got just for the fact of being alive. So if you were 12 years old, between the ages of 12 and 65, And you were a female, you had to pay this tax. If you were a boy between the ages of 14 and 65, you had to pay that tax. And it was just to be alive. Anybody want to pay tax just for being alive? I don't see any hands. Okay, well that's what they had to deal with. So you know this is a real big deal to these people. And this, the question that's being offered to Jesus is kind of a trick question because if Jesus says no, I don't think we should pay taxes, the Herodians are going to run to the Roman government. And they're going to say, this guy is guilty of treason. Let's take him to uh, and, and execute him. Because if you're tre- practicing treason against the government, it was a, a punish- uh, it was a crime punishable by death. And if Jesus says, no, I don't think we should pay taxes, then the, the, these Pharisees would say, look, he's going against uh, what the Jewish people want. If he says you have to pay taxes, all the Jewish people are going to be upsetting him. So you have... Jesus is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, between people who want to trick him into saying the government is wrong or people who are trying to trick him into saying that the government is right. And either way, he's going to alienate himself from one group of people. People struggle with authority. People today struggle with authority, just like they did back then. And chances are you have struggled with authority with somebody in your life or you are struggling with somebody's authority in your life right now. I have been there multiple times. You want to hear some stories? I can tell you stories about when I have struggled with uh, authority in my life. Kids, you guys might struggle with authority. You might struggle with the authority of your teacher, who says, here's some more homework, right? And you think, I don't like this teacher. I don't like the fact that they are giving me extra work to do. Uh, I don't respect my teacher. I think they're a jerk because they're trying to do this. But they are an authority over you, right? Any kids say? I don't raise your hand, but you guys probably understand I don't like the authority of my teacher to give me homework. Anybody who has a boss, you might have a boss that says, hey, you need to show up on time. You need to work overtime. You need to do whatever I give you to do in order for you to keep your job. Anybody ever get upset about your employment uh, at your boss because they are an authority over you? Sometimes we do. We get frustrated because they're not seeing our side of things, and we're just stuck doing what they've told us to do if we want to keep our job, right? Probably can understand that. This wall here, we have a president of the United States who wants to put up a wall between our southern borders, between us and Mexico. Some people struggle with that authority. They think, how could he? How, how unfair, how, uh, how could he do something like that, right? There are people who do not agree with his authority, and there are people who support him wholeheartedly. But the idea, first of all, is that people struggle with authority. And chances are you do you do as well. But there's an answer about this. What do we do with the authority this placed over us? Do we just decide to follow who we like and who we don't like? We have to choose either or or. Uh, sometimes you can choose both to follow the authority of both, which is, is exactly what Jesus did. Because in verse 25 he says, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's what is God's. God expects you and me to follow the authority of man. He expects us to follow the authority that is placed over us. You know, if you, uh, Let me read a couple of verses here. They've just asked Jesus in verse 22, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And he, he saw through their duplicity. He knew that they were trying to trick him. He says, show me a denarius whose, whose portrait and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied, and he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's. What is God's? So obviously there's a picture of the Caesar that's on the coin. And oftentimes in that day they would take the they would try their best to put a picture of the emperor on the coin. And Jesus is saying, Look, look at that coin. Whose picture is on it? Obviously it's this guy's. He says, So that it belongs to him. So give to him what is his. Right? Pretty simple. Now if you like the authority over you, submitting to that authority or, or, or following that authority is easy to do. Uh, if I like my teacher, sure I'm happy to do what she wants even if she says I have to do homework. If I like my boss, okay I'm gonna give in and, and have a good attitude and stay late if he asks me to do. Or if I appreciate what the president is doing, I'm going to support that he's going to build this wall. If, if I agree with it, it's going to be easy. We might question, what's your problem? If, I'm, if I can do it, why can't you do it as well? But if you look at those things and say, I don't like the authority of my teacher, I don't like the authority of my parents, I don't like the authority of the governor or the president. These could be fighting words, right? If, you, if I'm telling you, you got to follow what the law says, and you don't like that law, you might say, "You can, you can leave," right? You may not appreciate hearing those things. And the world's all about, the world is all about trying to balk or go against the authority. I mean, every all the time, you can come up with stories where people are trying to get out into the public and raise a stink about something in authority that they do not like. And at times, that's uh, a, not a bad idea uh, to, to have to do. But for the most part, we don't have laws that are, are like that. Uh, and, and a lot of the laws that we have, we may look and say, we don't like them. Well, remember, what, are the, what kind of law are these people trying to deal with? About a tax for just being alive. These guys have to pay a third of their income tax, uh, or, or a third of their income to taxes, because some man in some position says, you have to do it they didn't like that law i don't think anybody here would just be happy to write a check and say here president or here irs here's a third of what i make right but jesus is telling these people that's a law that man has put in place and you are under that authority so you better follow what that law says like it or not there's there's more that uh in the scriptures about what god says about following authority and i want to look at three of those things uh the first thing that we need to do With the authority that's placed over us is we need to pray for them we need to pray for those in authority over us it says i urge you then first of all that requests prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for everyone for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness this is good and pleases god our savior who wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth We need to pray for those in authority over us. You need to pray for your boss that's in authority over you. You need to pray for the governor who's in authority over you, your teacher that's in authority over you. Kids, you can even pray for the parents who are in authority over you. And we're praying some things that we can pray for is we can pray for them to make the right decision, right? We can pray for them to make the right choice because they do not know everything. Just because they're in a a boss's position, uh, maybe they've earned that spot, but they don't know everything. God ultimately does, and we can pray that God would tweak or intervene so that they make the right decision. We can pray that they have the courage to stand by those decisions. If they make the right decision, sometimes it's hard to stand by it, uh, to keep that decision, because they start to hear the pressures and feel the pressures of the world who disagree, saying, no, this isn't right, this isn't fair, and they might want to cave in. So we need to pray that they stand by those right decisions. But we also need to pray for their salvation, an understanding of the truth because god cares about the president as much as he cares about me god wants me to come to salvation he wants the president to come to salvation he wants the mayor to come to salvation he might want your teacher to come to salvation so there's lots of things that we could be doing to pray for them it's easy to do the opposite though it's easy to criticize those in authority even if we don't criticize them to their face it's easy to tell everybody else what's wrong with these people uh, to say, what would I do if I was in that position? It's easy to make fun of them. It's easy to to talk bad about the authority that is over us. Um, but we need to make sure that we're praying for them. for our teacher, for our boss, for our parents, for our governor, governor. It's a tough place to to be. I'm sure for a lot of those people, uh, like the president or the it could be a very lonely place to be. He's got the whole wor- feels like the whole world on his shoulders and every decision he's making is making an impact. And he's, all he's hearing is bad news, bad news, and all these complaints. And then he gets a little bit of positive. Uh, so it's a very lonely place to be because he cannot please everybody all the time. So the first thing we need to do is what? Pray. Pray for those in authority over us. Even if you don't like them, even if you don't respect them, even if they would not, you wouldn't choose to have them be your authority, we need to pray for them. The second thing we need to do is we need to... Submit to them. It says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. We need to submit. We need to put ourselves under. We need to obey them as long as we are under, uh, under their leadership. And it says, it is for the Lord's sake that we do this. And if only you do it because God has asked you to do it. We need to submit to our boss or to our manager and do what they've asked us to do. Our teacher or our coach, the president or the mayor, even if you don't like them, you need to follow what they said because God has asked you to do it. The third thing we can do, so we need to pray for them, we need to submit to them. And the third thing we need to do is remember that that authority was placed there by God. Those, those people in those positions, the bosses, the, the president, we say, I don't like this. We remember that authority was placed there by God. It says, remember that, okay, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And if you're rebelling what God has instituted, who ultimately are you rebelling against? God. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So think about it this way. Your employer only has the authority because God gave it to him. We don't look at it that way normally. We think somebody has applied for a job and they've earned this right to be in this position, but they only got that position because God has given them the ability and he put them there. Your governor only has the authority because God gave it to him. Your president only has that authority because God gave it to him. I don't like these people. I don't respect these people, but they are in authority over me. I, I need to remember that they are there only because God gave it to them. Now, in America, things are a little bit different from another country, uh, or even from back then. You know, if you, if you don't like your boss, you don't like the authority of your boss, what can you do? You can quit, right? You can just go say, I don't like this boss. I'm going to go to another boss. Um, You don't like your teacher. You can. Oftentimes, parents are willing to take their kids out of one school and put them into another school, at least for the rest of the year, because they don't like the teacher. Um, You don't like the governor. You can change states. If you don't like the president, you can even change countries, right? There was a lot of people who said, (laughs) if Trump becomes president, I'm out of here. I don't know if they went, but you can do that. But the idea is as long as you are under that authority, as long as you are working for that boss, as long as they're your parent, as long as they're your teacher, you are supposed to submit to that authority because God has asked you to do it. Now, is anybody here thinking about, well, when do we revolt? When do we go against what the government has set in place? Uh, And if you're wondering that, I'm glad. You know why? Because I know that you're still awake. Because when I hear stuff like that, the first thing I'm thinking is, wait a second. I know not every decision the boss makes is correct or not morally right or the president, and so I'm not going to just be roll over and play dead because that's not what it means. It doesn't mean you roll over and play dead in order to submit to authority. Jesus himself did not do this. He did not roll over and play dead. You think about a couple weeks ago. Jesus went to the temple. He started throwing people out of me. He started tipping over the tables of the money changers. Do you think uh, that would have made those people happy? No. They would have, they would have rules and laws against that kind of stuff. But Jesus says, I'm going to choose to please my father instead of pleasing man. So God is asking you, and he's asking me to submit to every authority that's over me as long as it does not go against God's authority. You think about, there's lots of examples in the Bible about this. Uh, This first one, you guys know what this story is? Moses, right? And what what was supposed to happen to Moses? He was supposed to die, right? The, the Hebrew midwives were supposed to kill every little boy that came out of the womb just as fast as they came out, kill them and get rid of them. And that's what they were told to do. But the Hebrew midwife says, we are not doing that. They, they, they started, uh, the, the, the Egyptians started asking, what's going on? How come these little boys keep coming? And they said, boy, these, these women are just fast. They have babies. They get, they, the boys come out faster than we can get to them. And so they're born first. So you know what they did to the authorities? They lied to them. They, they said, you know what, we are not going to tell, even tell you the truth. They lied to them, and God blessed them for doing what he wanted instead of them. It says because of their obedience, they were blessed with families of their own. Because they said, we will follow man's authority until it conflicts with God's authority. This next one, anybody recognize what's going on in this story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. These guys were supposed to bow down to a big golden statue. And they say, we are not doing that. And so they found themselves in the fiery furnace with Jesus himself. They were, they were thrown into the, fire, the fiery furnace because they said, we are not going to choose what man wants. We're going to do, choose what, doing what God wants us to do. There's lots of examples around the world today. You have uh, the, the churches in China that are underground churches. that The government wants them to uh, tell them wherever these house churches are and the, these underground churches are. And they said, we're not doing that. There's pastors who are getting put in prison and they're, they're being adamant about we are not telling you this because the government isn't just trying to keep track and say, wow, we got more and more churches. They want to have control. They want to be able to stifle these people from preaching the gospel. They can only preach a certain material and if you go against that, then we're going to shut you down. And so they said, we're not going to do that. Think about it in America. We have this beautiful church. We come here every Sunday to worship God and we don't have any fears of anybody coming in. To, to shut us down or to haul us off to jail or anything like that but what if that became illegal what would our church look like would everybody decide okay I'm not going to church anymore if they said it's illegal to be a Christian are we all going to say okay I'm just not going to say anything about it anymore I sure hope not because we need to choose to please God rather than man <clears throat> another example for the Bible the Apostles were arrested and they were, they were preaching in the temple square, and they got put into prison. Well, an angel went out in the middle of the night, took them out of jail, said, hey, you guys get back to that center of that square and start preaching again. And they got arrested again, and all these people, these leaders, uh, said, what's going on? We told you guys to stop doing this. What, why are you still doing this? And Peter, or these, these apostles, have a very good response. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. So, yes, we are supposed to submit to the authorities over us, whether our teachers, whether our parents, whether the, the president, whether it's our boss, as long as it does not go against what God's word says, of, of what God is trying to teach us. You know, most, most of the laws that we face, have today are, are not moral laws. You know, laws that go against our conscience, uh, such as the one that there's a, there was a case in the news recently about this guy who did want to make a cake for a homosexual couple. And you might say, he should have made it. It's just flour, it's just eggs, it's just water, it's just a little frosting, what's really the big deal? But what they're asking this guy to do is go against what God was expecting because God didn't support that kind of lifestyle. And if this guy makes this cake and he does it anyway, then he is in a way supporting that and he's going against his conscience. And so in a situation like that, you decide, no, I'm going to do what is God gonna call me to do and not what is man asking me to do. But most laws are not ethical laws. You know, if the paying taxes, we don't like it. it. may seem like they're gouging people, but we're supposed to submit to that. Driving the speed limit is not an ethical law. It's just getting out there and going 60 when you're supposed to be going 60. And I have admitted that I have not always done that. I have gone 80 when it's 70. I got caught. I wasn't trying to get caught, but I did. Uh, I wasn't trying to speed. But anyway, there's been multiple times where I have sped, and I've, and I can't do that either, okay? So I'm not just looking and saying, shame on you. I've I'm, I'm, got to talk to myself as well. Uh, but there's also laws like no texting and driving, right? That's not a moral law. That's just a smart law. So laws, we need to make sure that we are going to follow them. So kids, if you find yourself in a college, because I don't think you'll find yourself in a high school in Pleven or Baker doing this, uh, when your coach says, you know what, give this kid the answers so that he can play basketball, you don't do that because that's going against what God would want you to do. The lawmakers say that abortion is okay up until 20 weeks or 30 weeks does not make it right. Just because the laws say it's okay doesn't make it right in God's eyes. We have to choose to obey God rather than man. If your boss has changed the numbers at work to make the company look better, no thanks. I'm not going to do it because I'm choosing to obey God rather than man. So God expects us to follow the authority over uh, that man that he has placed over us. But God also expects you to follow the authority of of God, of what you find in his word. In verse 25 again, it says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to give to God's what is God's. So why does does Jesus say, give to God's what is God's? Well, you looked at the coin, and you see that it has the picture of Caesar. So you say, that's Caesar's. It belongs to him. But when you look at man, you don't see the picture of Caesar; You see something else. God is... Uh, God's image is in man. Man belongs to God. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This coin belongs to Caesar because it has his image on him. Uh, you have an image of God, so guess who you belong to? I belong to God because I have the image of God in me. Not because I'm physically built like Jesus, uh, or I mean like God. I'm uh, I'm not, because God is spirit. And we must worship him in spirit and in truth. But God gave us a moral compass. God gave us the ability to reason, the ability to have a relationship with him, the ability to, to love in a way that he did not make anything else. We are created in his image, and thus we should submit to what God's word says. Like it or not, we need to follow what those, those are as well. So what does it mean to give God what is, what is due him? We know what it means to give Caesar what is due him, but what does it mean to give God what is due him? Well, here's a, here's a, a couple examples. One, it includes your, your money, your talents, your abilities, all, using all those things to serve him, not just myself. Um, I'm going to pick on Nicole here for a second. Not really pick on her. I, I will never pick on, you don't ever have to be afraid. <laughs> if I'm calling your name, it'll always be a good thing. Nicole teaches at the school, right? And I don't, I don't know what grade she teaches, but she's there every day. Every day I go to school and I, I see her there and she's teaching. But she does not just teach at school. Where else does she teach? She teaches in VBS. Or sometimes she, she's, she can help teach in Awana. Or she can help teach Sunday school. She has this gifting from God and she's not just using it to make money. She's using that very same gift in order to serve the Lord. Kids who have musical abilities or who can sing, who will do it at the school. Use it for the Lord. Use it here. Use it to sing songs of praise to the Lord himself. Use what you have in order to serve the Lord. Uh, Your worship, when you sing. When we're singing songs here today, uh, when you're singing songs during the week, uh, that's giving God what he is due. We're giving him the praise. And by the things that we, by our song, by our words, by our attitude. Your thanks for what he has provided, how he has kept you safe, how he has answered prayer. When God has accomplished something in your life, give him what is due him by letting everybody else know. Look what God did. Look what how, how great he is. I'm, I'm letting you know how wonderful my God is. That's giving him the credit that is due him. Your obedience to what his word says and how to live, doing what he has called you to do. Now, there's some things that are general that are applied to everybody in a specific way, but there's things that are unique because not everybody here is called to be a rancher, thank the Lord. I I, I was talking to Melissa this morning about pulling a calf. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think if my life depended on it, I could do it. Uh, But I know that there's those of you who could do that. And I know some some of you are good with numbers, and some of you are good with working with kids, and not everybody is wired the same way. God might call you to be a missionary to Africa, where he has not called me to do that. So there are things that God's specifically asking you to be a part of and asking you to do, and we give God his due by being obedient to what those things are. It includes your trust when life doesn't turn out as you wanted it to. Anybody ever faced that experience in life, where I I was expecting to get from A to Z, and it took this big zigzag to get there? Or I was expecting this job, or I was expecting this spouse, or I was expecting this career, and things did not work out the way that you wanted, we give God his due by trusting him anyway. So in a short verse here, because I know trying to think of all those examples might be hard, uh, God expects and God deserves you, every part of you. Galatians 2.20 says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. God wants, or Jesus wants to live his life through you, as if he was, uh, now he, you, you no longer call the shots in your life anymore. He calls the shots, and you do exactly what he wanted you to do, as if he was in your body trying to do them. Christ is living in you, not you uh, living for yourself anymore. You know, all those, all those people in authority that you can think of, your parents, your teachers, your bosses, the president, um, they all have the right and the authority to make laws, to make rules. Uh, and even if we don't like it, we're s- supposed to submit to them. Or I guess you can leave. I mean that's that there is still that option, but as long as you are under that authority, you need to follow what that authority says. I want to read you just a couple of lines from a commentary uh, that I thought were really good about um, kind of putting a, a whole thing together here. It says, uh, Caesar minted coins as he had the right to do, and he demanded that some coins were he's, I'm sorry, he demanded some coins in return, as was his right. After all, his image was stamped in what he had made. In the same way, God has minted the human soul and he has stamped his image on every one of you. So give Caesar his due, the temporary stuff of this world, but make sure sure that you give God what he is due. Offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness and give it all you've got. Let's pray. God, I thank you for being our God, that you are a trustworthy God, that we, can, we know that whatever, God, you decide to do is right. Everything in your word, even if it's a, di- a difficult challenge or a different, difficult call to action, God, that I know with your help we can fulfill them, and I know with your, that it's the best thing for us. God, I know that you have placed the authority in our lives, uh, even the authority that we don't like or always agree with. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to follow that authority as you've asked us to do, even if it's just for you, until it goes against what your law says. I know it's, it takes courage to stand up for what's right, even if the world says it's, it's wrong. Uh, please help us, God, to, to remember that we were made in your image and that we belong to you, and help us to spend the rest of our days living for you uh, with the life that you've given us, and help us to do it well. In Jesus' name.